Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Welcome, Iron Radio listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm an exercise physiology and sports nutrition professor, and I'm a former competitive bodybuilder. And this is Phil Stevens. I'm a run strength I'm a powerlifter, Highland Games athlete, coach, all that. All right, looks like me and Phil today, folks, we've got uh, some follow-up news here. Uh, two bits. Uh, and after the break, just so everybody knows what's coming, uh, we're going to talk about priciest gyms or lifting experiences or anything related to the, the field that was very costly and what makes it worth it, at least to us. It's pure opinion, so get ready for some opinionated talk. Strength and Muscle Sport News. Uh, this first bit, I wanted to follow up. We had a good question last week about nutrition support uh, and immune function. Uh, the specific question was about keeping up your immune system on a very low carbohydrate uh, ketogenic diet. And um, so I did some digging. Um, and I just wanted to share a couple of abstracts here quickly. This first one was done back in 2013. Sounds funny to say that, but nutritional support to maintain proper immune status during intense training. So this time of year, I think lifters, um, runners, any kind of athletes really are probably, you know, if they really pour it on and they have a period of intense overreaching and training, uh, are they going to get head cold? How can they keep that? Because few things can shut down progress like getting sick all the time. So, mm-hmm. um, so this is from Gleason. Uh, from the Nestle Nutrition Institute workshop. Uh, this is legitimate. It's published on, on uh, PubMed. And, but they point out how there are certain vitamins like D and E and B12 are important for immune function. And I think most of our listeners have clued into the idea that this time of year, unless you're supplementing a couple of thousand units of vitamin D, you're deficient right now. You're, we're not getting enough sun on our skin, you know, that sort of stuff. So uh, it does say consuming carbohydrate because, again, back to the keto idea, I try to focus on the carbs. But consuming carbs during prolonged strenuous exercise attenuates rises in stress hormones and does appear to limit the degree of exercise-induced immune suppression. Uh, similar effects can be seen with daily antioxidants, though concerns have been expressed that excessive antioxidant intake may impair exercise training results. And I think we've touched on that in weeks past. So the weird thing about antioxidants is they seem very beneficial, but you take them all the time, and you you actually you need some of that oxidative stress on muscle for it to improve, you know, to adapt. Mm-hmm. Um, it says it's safe to say with reasonable confidence that individual amino acids, colostrum, uh, echinacea, and zinc are unlikely to boost immunity uh, or to reduce infection risk in athletes. So. Um, that's one bit, and let me just go down a couple of these. Here's a 2016 paper, the impact of intensified training and carbohydrate supplementation on immunity and markers of overreaching, in, in this case, highly trained cyclists. 
I know you're thinking that, well, you know, listen, we're not cyclists, Lowry. I get it. But they, these guys train their asses off. This is Gleason is also on this paper, but this is Svensson, the first author in EJAP, European Journal of Applied Phys, from 2016. They did a randomized double-blind crossover with 13 male cyclists uh, over eight days of purposeful sort of overreaching, right, very intense training. They measured plasma cortisol, and most of us know that's a stress hormone, and it can have some immunosuppressive effects. Um, they looked at circulating white blood cells, uh, like uh, neutrophils and whatnot. Their conclusion, higher carbohydrate intake was not able to alleviate the physiological and immune disturbances. So this, the speculation in the first paper from 2013 doesn't seem so supported from this one, that the carbohydrate was not really able to maintain them from being stressed and somewhat immune compromised from the very intense training. Uh, I got two more quickly. Uh, dietary protein to carb ratio, modulator of immune response with age. This is from Pal and Podar from uh, Immunobiology. Uh, what they did was they gave low protein, high carb diets. So they were like 8% protein, the calories, and 80% carb over 15 day periods. And then they looked at immune function in old and young rats. Um, it actually said the low protein, high carb diet decreased the immune response of the young rats. But then they go on to say that low-protein, high-carb diets may be beneficial to slow down or reduce the impairment of the immune response in aged individuals. So that's a rat study, but I guess I'm just bringing that up to point out that there could be age differences. So I, I mean, I got to think that for young people, at least human beings, adequate protein's got to be very important to your immune system. I don't think I'd go on a very low-protein diet uh, for many reasons, but... And then this last one is from um, Public Library of Science PLOS One uh, 2015 by Naclerio and colleagues. A multi-ingredient containing carbs, protein, L-glutamine, and L-carnitine attenuates fatigue perception but with no effect on performance, muscle damage, or immunity uh, in soccer players. This one's in soccer players. They look for markers of recovery and immunity um, pre immediately after some intense exercise, like a 90-minute bout, and then 24 hours post. Um, just jump to the conclusions here. Multi-ingredient and carbohydrate supplements did not improve intermittent performance, inflammatory, or immune function. Um, it says only carbohydrate, however, can blunt post-exercise elevations in white blood cells. So when you look at the immune system stuff, it's just so tricky because you want a nice robust white blood cell response and some of the things that go with that, like some of the interleukins and things like that. But you don't want it running wild on you. So I, I guess the, the bottom line is what we've said for a long time. Moderate exercise boosts immunity. It flushes some white blood cells, increases your white, white blood cell count and sort of your defenses uh, because of the blood flow changes and that sort of stuff. But excessive exercise will harm your immune system because it's sort of exhaustive. Your immune system is involved in like muscle rebuilding and remodeling. A lot of people don't realize that. And to me, it almost seems like pulling double duty. You know, you're asking your immune system to help rebuild your muscles and defend you from bacteria and viruses. So uh, moderate extra, it's just another reason not to overreach for too long, I guess. But yeah, from the nutrition side, it looks like carbs blunt some of the excessive immunity Again, the first paper I mentioned said they may be helpful in supporting immunity, um, 
but it's kind of a mixed bag and it's hard to interpret, uh, you know, that ideal immune response. You'd like to support it, with, but sometimes you want to blunt your immune response a little if it gets too aggressive, like with some of the muscle remodeling and whatnot. So, all right, thanks for bearing with me. One other I, I promised last week. This is enzyme blend may help recover from muscle soreness. This is from the Institute of Food Technologists. Um, and this is not the first time I've heard of this, and Phil, I'm sure you too. I mean, taking some of these digestive enzymes, they're supposed to help with joint stiffness and muscle soreness and that kind of thing. Uh -huh. um, so these guys did, a, they supplemented people with this specialty product, and I actually had to pull the whole paper to get to this because it wasn't in the journalist's report. It's a multi-enzyme complex, and whether or not it helped with more rapid recovery, they took baseline measurements, and then on day one, two, and three, um, let's see. The researchers found that a multi-enzyme complex demonstrated significant improvement in subjective pain and tenderness, but with no significant improvement in markers of inflammation, muscle damage, or muscle flexion. So I, I pulled the, the paper, and it, it talks about how, of course, especially when you do negatives and eccentric contractions, you get very sore. So they're trying to deal with that with this enzyme complex. Here's what it contained. It's pretty much a straight, you know, different digestive enzymes. Amylase, which helps you digest carbohydrate. Uh, protease, of course, helps you digest proteins. Lipase, which helps you digest lipids, right, fats. And there's also some lactase and cellulase in there. And they have the actual, like, uh, activity units per gram. They measure these by activity uh, per gram of the enzyme. Uh, but like, like I said, they, um, they supplemented them over a three-day period. There were 20 healthy males that did this. But it looked like the subjective things were improved, like reports of symptoms, you know, tenderness and soreness. But they didn't find much on the objective measurements. I'm actually curious when I look at this because I can tell you uh, I have a family member who uh, the doctor suspects some pancreas insufficiency and put her on a digestive enzyme right and talk about mm -hmm. expensive uh two thousand dollars a month and i'm like what Ooh. what that's like ruinously expensive <laughs> if it wasn't for insurance that's a, that's a non-starter baby <laughs> mm -hmm. and so when i see these supplements that have protease and lipase and amylase I, i'm not I, I admit i'm not clear on how they do that either it's weak or I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it's entirely bogus, but I'm trying to figure out what the hell the difference is between a thirty-dollar bottle of supplemental digestive enzymes and two grand to get them from the pharmacist. Mm -hmm. I can't believe the pharmacist can look at you with a straight face and say two thousand dollars, please. <laughs> what? Insane. It's just insane. That's about all I got. You got? Is there any industry news, Phil? Uh, no, I mean we got the Arnold coming up, which is always a big thing. Everybody's kind of gearing for that. Um, so I'm going to head out there for one day if people happen to find me. So I'll be walking around there with, with Jim and uh, stopping in and seeing Mark. It's just time I haven't been. And wife was like, you need to go. And I'm like, uh, all right. So I'm, I'm becoming more and more like Jim, I think, as, as years go on. And it's like I just stay in my cave. But, uh, yeah, you know, Wendler said if I came out there, he'd go with me. So. We're both going to, the, the good thing about Jim is I told him this, I said, he's going to make me look happy. 
So I'll look like I'm beaming. A couple of, <laughs> so, you're, you're, you're slightly less curmudgeon. <laughs> yeah, he's got the perma scowl. So he'll be like, wow, Phil's a really nice, happy guy. Yeah, so, <laughs> That's funny. So it's amazing. Um, so yeah, we're just going to stroll around and check things out. It'll be good to catch up with everybody. Um, like yeah. I haven't been to any of the, hell, it's been five five years, I think, since I've been to an Olympia. So yeah, uh, go see that. And, uh, geez, other than that, I don't know. We had, a uh, Daniel Bell. We have another thousand pound raw squatter. Daniel Bell squatted a thousand three or something like that, I think. Um, so a couple weeks ago. Um, so man, it's just amazing what's going up there. And that's like Mark called me the other day, Bell, and we're talking about deadlifting now. And like, it's close to five or six years ago when I was like in the near the 800 barrier, that yeah. was huge. Yeah. And for the longest time when we started, like 700 was big, 800 was giant. And now it's like, it's every day. Oh my God. Uh, but you're, you're seeing people hit this. He had somebody emailing, some kid emailing that he's 220 and like just missed 904. What? Um, oh my God. Yeah. And it's like, how are these, how's this happening? And I don't know. The only thing we came to is uh, like people are training more frequently now and starting younger, I uh-huh. think is a part of it. Yeah. But like when we started, it was, it was, you did three or four days a week, you know, you had a bench day, a squat day, a deadlift day. And, uh, like he was saying, it was like, I th- he thinks it's the frequency and they've, they've, they've started young and trained themselves to be able to do, you know, heavy poles two, three, four days a week. And over time they've gained that ability to recover better. You know, it was a slow process, but you know, they started younger when they weren't as strong and uh, it kind of gained that ability to recover. And that's the only, I mean, we're not going to lie. There's, there's drugs, but there was drugs then too. You know, right. Right. Yeah. I don't think the drugs have come that far in seven years, Yeah, you know, or eight years. So, um, yeah, it's just crazy. The, uh, the amount of especially heavy pulls, but you're seeing thousands pound squats now almost you know, a few times a year. Is it, is it just as strict? I mean, is this real performance or could this be something along the lines of, I don't know, it's just a little sloppier and they're allowing it? Because I, I wouldn't know. I don't think so, man. Uh, every, like like all these thousand pound squats I'm seeing are probably the most legit thousand pound squats ever. Mm. You, know, you look at JPs and stuff like that and it's like, man, he sunk that. That's deep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's deep and walked out and stood up with, you know, I mean, it's so, yeah, I don't know. I, I think part of it is, I think the sport, at least raw power, I think is probably bigger than it ever has been. Um, there's, and a lot of that's due to social media and people like Mark, you know, getting the word out there yeah. in a huge way. So you're getting more and more people than ever doing it. Um, and now you're starting to see money, you know, they got that meat coming up that, like if you take second place, you win fourteen thousand dollars. Like that's good God, yeah, that's big. Yeah, well, for second place. Yeah, for strength sports anyway. Yeah, you take first and you take home forty, and it's like, man, that's that's gonna that's bring legit. people out of the woodwork. You yeah, know, they, yeah, that's legit money. If you can pull off, especially if a person could pull off two or three of those a year, you know, now you're talking, you, you could potentially be the the day of being a professional powerlifter could be real right you know because i mean meaning you make a living off of it right um so <laughs> yeah support yourself by uh, pulling heavy things off the floor that's kind yeah. of a cool concept you yeah know? so um and that's the, like like it's always been a sport that you lose money 
yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. gonna go win a five dollar trophy and get some bragging rights. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, so that's pretty neat. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, other than that, man, there's there's not too much going on. The, the IWF is uh, freaking out about the ban coming up with the uh, you know people from Pakistan and things like that because we got worlds coming up. Oh, the travel the, ban thing—it's affecting them. Okay. Yeah. So they're worried about that, and you know, I don't know. We'll see how it all plays out. But as of right now, it's like, yeah, those athletes can't come. Um, oh boy. But uh, yeah, so we'll see on that. So, huh? And, and are we in turn going to be banned from those countries? Oh right, uh, yeah. Well, you know. I just heard, and again, so. we don't usually get into politics, but I just hmm. heard that a federal judge uh, rescinded the order thing. So you know, we're going to see the checks and balances system here in the U.S. start to kick in. I think. Yeah. Um, and you can't have unilateral travel bans. Uh, yeah. So we're going to have to see if, you know, if the president actually uh, honors that or fights it or, yeah. I, you know, we'll have to see what happens with that. But you're right. The retaliation <clears throat> thing, it's going it, to it, it could affect us on multiple levels. And people don't yeah, think about just, stuff like sports. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. It's just how it affects international sports, you know, because we got the world's coming up. We got, uh, you know, some things like that coming to the States this year. Um, so, yeah. And how does that affect those? But what else? I don't know. Locally here, we got the junior junior nationals is coming to Kansas City, which oh. is a big thing this mm-hmm. month. Um, so hopefully, a lot of people make it out to that. It's not often that you know we get something that big in this area. So do you qualify? How do you how do you get into that? Yeah, you have to qualify. Okay, mm-hmm. as a junior, and you go to nationals. Um, um, I'll probably try and head down there at least one day and, and see some of the young lifters, see what we got up and coming. You're seeing more and more of that coming up, too. Like, all of a sudden, I have weightlifters coming out my ears, man. And five, six years ago, there was, for every power lifter, or for every five power lifters, I might have one weightlifter. And now that's getting more popular. Yeah. Um, it's good. No, I mean, all in all, it's a, it's a good time to be a strength coach if you're interested in, in, in strength sports. Right, in a, in a variety, so, too. Like, I, I imagine yeah. being a hyper-specialist, that'd be okay so long as you like the other stuff as well. Yeah, and it's, you know, I mean, luckily, you know, I basically I deal with anything strength. So, you know, I've got my baseball players, wrestlers, and stuff like that. But, I mean, as far as the, just the pure strength sports go, it's up and coming, and you're seeing more and more and more people doing it. So well, that's I, I would wager, and this is what you were kind of getting at. I think is when you see the the bigger numbers going up, it's just it's better recruiting from a, a very base level, you know, a very young yeah. level. Oh, yeah. Just better recruiting. It's like yeah. you know, we, I I've worked with uh, quite a few collegiate coaches, and they have the worst training programs for their teams imaginable, and mm-hmm. they think that they're like, well, it's if it's not broke, don't fix it. We, you know, we were national champions, and I'm thinking, yeah, but. You recruited amazing talent. Uh-huh. You didn't really develop them above their amazing level. <laughs> so don't confuse your training program with the power yeah. of awesome recruiting. Yeah, you know, and that might be what what the strength sports are seeing too. Just to, you know, for every the increase in popularity for every person who gets involved, there's one more chance for that person to be a freak. Yes, and I think that's a lot of what it is. It's just a bigger populace. You know, you see. You know, you're, these kids are seeing a chance to make some money. Uh, right, yeah. So, um, and that's what's always drawn people to baseball and the big three sports. You know, that right. chance to become a multimillionaire playing a game. Um, you know, it, so. it's sort of, it, it's a catch-22 for me, because in one way, the, the curmudgeon in me says, 
I, I wouldn't want sports, to, the sport, the purity of it to be ruined by money. But in some ways, yes. money legitimizes it. Yeah, in it, ways it does. You know, like because you, people respect people who can make a living doing what they mm-hmm. do, you yeah. know, stuff like that. And yeah, it's, it is kind of rough that way because, I mean, to be a great powerlifter is like you were always, there was no other reason to do it but for you. The love of the sport. You know what I'm saying? The yeah. love of it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That was the only reason. <laughs> you right. know? Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, does that go away a little bit? I don't know. I mean, I think still to see it out to that level, you just, you have to be a little weird and love it. Um, it's true. Yeah, you know, go in there and put that much weight and beat yourself up every day. Yeah, there was always so. that talk of subculture. I've talked to Pep Wall, the owner of Bodybuilders Gym here mm-hmm. in Akron, and uh, we've had discussions like that too. I'd be like, you know, it's such a subculture. In a lot of ways, you've got a, a certain element of misfits that don't mm-hmm. fit what you know, like the, you know, the basketball, baseball, football, big three U.S. mentality. Yeah. And he said, oh, totally. A lot of these people yeah. would be classified as subculture or even misfit by. The, by the gen pop you yeah. know and so. yeah so, all right yeah, that's about it good yeah. stuff uh let, we're gonna go to break when we come back everybody as i mentioned we're gonna talk a little bit more about money um priciest gym or lifting experiences Hey listeners, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry. If you've ever had anyone critique you uh, on your protein intake as part of your weightlifting lifestyle, oh you poor meathead, all that extra protein is going to rot your kidneys or weaken your bones or dehydrate you or give you gout or who knows what. Uh, There is a book available. You could simply Google CRC Press and Lowry. And what I've done is reach out to experts all over the world and create a book, a single compendium that you can hold up and say, this is why I consume extra protein. This can be very valuable when you're um, being quote unquote educated uh, by various professionals on the topic. Uh, There's enormous amount of literature in this book on the safety, uh, the effectiveness, how protein works in cells, the history of protein and weight trainers, uh, much more. So again, please check out CRC Press and Protein and Lowry. You can just Google that, and uh, I do, full disclosure, I do make a small single-digit royalty on the book, but that's not why I did it. I did it so we can all have something, uh, our particular population, uh, to both defend what we do and to inform our nutrition and our eating. Thanks. Iron Radio is, of course, primarily a podcast. But over the years, there have been technical glitches calling for backup streaming and listeners who wanted the convenience of other sources of audio content. Toward this end, Iron Radio is now simulcast and backed up on YouTube. If needed, please search Lawnman07 or Iron Radio from within YouTube. There's not much video, but if you like to listen through YouTube on a Roku or other living room device, there you go. Like your weekly fix of Iron Radio? In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes, we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once per week email, no more, 
That's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. All right, folks, we're back. It's Phil and Lonnie, and we're going to talk about priciest gyms or lifting experiences. Um, this could either be, you know, like a one-day, like, oh, my God, you want how much for me? Or it could be a monthly thing or even something you had to buy uh, to follow through with your your lifestyle. It's You can't really call, I wouldn't think, strength sports and muscle sports a hobby a hobby is something you do in some spare time but when when it's affecting how much you eat and sleep and hours in the afternoon and stuff like that i you know there's there's a time investment but there's also a money investment so Mm -hmm. uh, my i guess my first question for you phil is um have you ever been anywhere that was crazy expensive (sighs) i can't remember the price but it was way more expensive than it should be for what it is. I went to a gym a couple times in, uh, oh, God, what is it? Uh, the wrong name's coming. It's right outside of San Diego, La Jolla. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I did not fit in this place. No, um, I, I'm, I lived in San Diego, right, in grad school, and La Jolla was the ritzy the, community, right? The yeah, upscale. I'm in there deadlifting 500 pounds in this sports gym. Well, whatever they call it, fitness, whatever. You know, and anyways, that was, I don't know, it was 40 bucks or something for a drop-in. It was some oh. amazingly high fee. Um, and even just walking to it, you know, I, it was like, I don't fit here. It was nothing but, <laughs> like, it was like, do any of you people work? Why? It's Monday at 10 a.m. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like a spoiled kind of place? I don't know. Yeah, it was nothing but, like, stockbrokers and, you know, this yeah. and that. Yeah. You know, coffee shop and get coffee and then so. phil stevens walks in yeah yeah That's and funny. then I, yeah exactly so <laughs> um and i just oh look at him he's got 405 on the bar right Ooh. yeah you don't ever need to do that and some guy she came up and tried to convince me that i never need to bench press more than 225 because he knows a professional bodybuilder that that's all he ever okay. does okay yeah. you're like yeah but that's the point of my sport <laughs> yeah wait wait is and, the point <laughs> yeah but uh, you know i was thinking too loud when I did live in, in San Diego, uh, I, I met a guy at the local gym, and we used to have great – there were great gyms back in the early 90s out there by, like, um, Pacific Beach and stuff. And I mean, you could train on the roof in the sun. It was just, just – it was a whole kind of muscle beach thing. I was swooning. I was so impressed. You know, it was so cool because you sure as hell can't do that in Ohio, mm-hmm. at least not for a lot of the year. But, but we went up to Gold's Venice, and uh, – God, in years past, I might have mentioned this before, but um, and they do this on purpose, right? In one sense, I think these gyms like Worlds or Golds in Venice, they gouge you hard because they don't want a bunch of noobs, kind of like I was from the Midwest, interfering with the the pros, you know, that are trying to train. But it was 25 bucks for an hour, and I just thought, oh, my God. But, you know, I was... Uh, the guy I was with, he's like, this is ground zero. You know, this is where bodybuilding, you know, began and you got to do it. And I'm, so yeah. I paid my 25 bucks and I, I got a good workout in, but holy God, 25 bucks. For a workout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And it's, it, I was always had in the corner of my eye, you know, there was people recognizable, like national competitors and some low level pros at the time. Um, in the, in the pro shop there, when they were selling clothes and stuff, I remember, uh, Nasser El Sanbadi was there. Um, he's one of the guys who might actually be affected nowadays by something like a, 
a travel band, depending on his travel and whatnot. But um, he was the only really huge, at the time, like top six pro that yeah. that was there. And that guy was strong as hell. But, um, yeah, it would have been Gold's Venice uh, in California. Just ridiculous 25 bucks. And, I, I like I said, even as – I mean, I was a poor college student. You know, I was a grad student. And I'm like, as much as I want to do this, I could probably eat on a week for that <laughs> yeah. at the time. You know, we're yeah. getting back in the days of, like you were saying, like canned salmon and tuna. And, yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, so let me ask you this. What would make it worth it? So I, I know that, you know, we, we sort of grew up and our pay scales improved a little bit, but mm-hmm. what would make it worth it to go somewhere or to or a big investment? That's probably a hard mm-hmm. question. But. Man, I used to, it's a, like, I used to train. That's the one thing I don't get is, like, people here, it'll be like, Oh, your gym's so far away. It's a 15-minute drive. And it was like, you realize I used to drive like almost 90 minutes oh. each way to go train with the right atmosphere. You know, and it's just uh, – so, I mean, that that makes it worth it. I mean, just the right training atmosphere. Um, when I was in California, you know, I'd go out three days a week and, you know, train with Jesse Burdick and the team out there. And there were a lot of days where in California traffic, it was at least an hour and a half, you know, each way. <clears throat> to yep. get there. So, I mean, that's just the atmosphere and being with the right people, you know, to, to push you where you want to go. And I, not to mention, I mean, I've paid a lot uh, to just travel and learn from people. Um, oh, that's so, true. I mean, that, that yeah. makes it worth it. I mean, there's like stopping in a gym where once I get there, it really didn't cost me anything to get in. But getting there was a hell of an investment. <laughs> that's know? true. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, all of that, I mean, that's where a lot of my education came from was the, and I just, I want to learn this, I'm going to go there type of thing. Yep. I, I took the trips to Mecca, <laughs> various ones, you know. Right, yeah. So, and that's, you know, I wanted to go learn from the horse's mouth um, and, and see it. So, that, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, just what I can get back from going there would be it and, and usually it was more than just an atmosphere but uh it was learning something right so i would think especially if you could somehow coordinate in advance and somebody you know was there to yeah. show you around or or even yep. say hey yeah um i'll teach you this or that when you come out yeah. Th- that's beautiful as opposed to just sort yeah. of showing up and then whoops there's nobody here <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah no, I hear you. I used to walk. Um, it was about two and a half miles each way. That doesn't sound like a lot, but it's like a 45-minute walk, a brisk walk uh, to Gold's when I lived in San Diego. I thank God the weather there was usually mild enough. You're not going to do that where I live now. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it just made me think about that when you said the 90-minute drive because it, it took me a good long time to get to the gym yeah. and back. And I'll tell you, I think it actually helped. The added benefit of the walking like that, I mean, if you've got the time in your afternoon to kill – you know, over an hour on either side of your workout, because you're talking about like a three or four hour commitment here, you know, yeah. in the middle of the day. But yeah. I think I walked, I used to, I used to buy those big, uh, like, I don't know, it was over a liter. I don't know if it was two liters of sunny delight, you know, that really kind of just mm-hmm. you know, high fructose corn syrup, orange mm-hmm. juicy kind of stuff. And I would chug it just for the calories just to grow. And I did grow like a weed back then. That was probably the, some of the, best gains I made. I mean, there were times yeah. I was gaining like a pound a week, you know, yeah. just steadily uh, or more, uh, more actually. And, but I think I walked off some of that sugar, 
you know, <laughs> in the process. Yeah. But oh yeah, kind of made it possible. You were warmed up and ready to go when you got there. Oh right. So oh yeah, I mean, you know, I had the, some of the old Jane's addiction and the headphones and stuff, mm -hmm. and I was yeah, I was ready to go. Um, what would you pay if I if we put a number on it? Like if there's going to be somebody that you really wanted to train with, you really valued, and you could get a great workout. And I think you made a really great point. How much am I going to learn from this? You know, not yeah. just train next to somebody because you and I are too old to be fanboys now. It's not going to be mm -hmm. enough just to be around them. But what would you pay, you know, time-wise, money-wise, to go learn something you really wanted or there was somebody who you just really wanted to learn from? Just for like a session? Yeah, for a session. Oh. I don't know. I mean, it'd be in the hundreds. I mean, oh, okay. At least, you yeah. know. I mean, if I'm going to go to, you know, a seminar and or if it's one on one, even more, you know, what I'm saying. But I'm still a big fan of of going to a seminar and stuff like that. Like we're having the uh, Chinese weightlifting team out here next month. Um, wow. Yeah. So to learn to learn from them, um, I constantly still fly people in here. And a lot of that is, you know, generally what I hope to do on things like that. Like we're having Sarah Robles out again. My whole goal is hopefully break even on things like that. Uh, <laughs> no, I get you. Right. I pay them and, yeah. you know, things like that. People think that I'm just getting this stuff for free. But no, it's I pay them and it's it's good for me and it's good for my people. So. Right. Um, yeah, I think it's invaluable. I think it's invaluable as a coach even to get other coaches in other lifters and keep learning I'm, because I'm still a firm believer when you stop trying to learn and get better you're just done you get stuck in this rut and you know I'm always trying new stuff um, and all, some of it fails you know some of it's like yeah we won't do that again right but uh you know you got to you got to test those waters and keep rolling and you build your foundation still you know you have your core stuff that you just believe in but you need to test that um, sure so oh i think it's mo it's all, it's like long-term motivation, too. You, you want to keep your love growing for a sport. Oh, yeah. You go out and get involved like that. You know, you're in a new gym. Everything's fresh and new. It, it's exciting. Or, yeah, there's people that you really respect that you want to learn from. Like, I don't yeah. think there's a piece of equipment or a physical feature nah. that would cause me to pay a lot of money, you know. Uh, the closest I've seen to that was uh, Athletes Performance out in uh, the Phoenix area. They have mm -hmm. half of their facility. This is a multi-million dollar facility underwritten by, I think originally by Adidas, but um, half of their facility was like a recovery center. Mm -hmm. It was just amazing to me, this idea that, you know, stimulate toward the left with all the training stuff, but over on the right, you know, there's saunas and whirlpools and massage and meditation rooms or whatever. Just, uh, just amazing uh, uh, the nutrition, you know, stuff, a whole, like, little commercial kitchen, uh, that kind of stuff would draw me in just so I could see something that was, like, high-end state-of-the-art, yeah. you know. Yeah, and that place is high-end. I spent some time in there, too, and it was, like, they had that machine that was a wall, like, literally a wall that would make protein shakes. Yeah. And the athletes <laughs> punch in their name, and it, like, shoots in the stuff that they have been prescribed. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, right. Like, that is crazy. Right. But uh, but it was really ahead yeah. of its time, I think, at least originally. Now a lot of people think about rec nutrition recovery, but mm -hmm. uh, it, being proactive with your recovery and not just thinking, oh, well, well time will fix that. Yeah, well, not yeah. if you skip meals and have nothing but beer and pizza at midnight, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and then it covers over, you know, and we've done recovery episodes before, but all those things that could go into that, it was um, 
it was pretty impressive too. And you know, there was a big sw- Olympic swimming pool out back, and yeah. and it's always sunny there, and that's part of the the bonus too. Yeah. I think people like cycle to work every day and stuff, and you're sure as hell not going to yeah. do that in six inches of brown slush like here in Ohio. Yeah, no, so, but uh, yeah, no. I think that was a good point about the about learning. You know, yeah. like that's what should draw you in. That would be where the hundreds of dollars come in. As opposed to, you know, here's me bitching about $25, just, but that's just to walk into the gym. But you know mm-hmm. what? When you're a, if you are one of the high performers, you need that screen, you know, yeah. so it's not too easy. You don't want to make the barrier of entry too low when you've got a bunch of people that are, you know, three weeks out from the Mr. Olympia. They're actually already so cranky that they're getting in fights with each other <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. And then, you know, well, imagine I- what the dumb kid's going to do. He's just going to light one of these guys up, you know, with, with irritation and he's going to get crushed. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Well, I think I still surprise people as far as my athletes go. It's like I push them to go and work with other people. You know, right? Um, like I had one athlete a month ago. It's like I just need to write you and tell you I did a drop and workout over here. I feel like I'm cheating on the gym and this and that. Don't worry. I was like, no, I'm good with it. You know? Yeah, it's it's, it's like good that he has know? loyalty. I, he's expressing. Yeah. I think gym loyalty is kind of a thing. You know, it but, is. But at the same time. You're that um, – you, you more than almost anybody I know in fitness – in fact, I talk about you sometimes to, like, graduating seniors about that journeyman approach, that apprentice, mm-hmm. and you go find the right, you know, mentors, and then you, you pick and choose. You don't have to follow blindly any one of them, but yeah. – yeah, how would he know how good Strength Guild is unless he goes sample some other places? Exactly. You know, and you may learn something and bring that back. And it's like, there's, I know I'm a good coach, but I know coaches get blind to their own lifters. Yeah. And my yeah. lifter at times, my lifter will be do something, and I, I'll just, I get so blind to it. It's like, oh, it's just what they do, even if it's wrong. You know. Yeah. And it's yeah. good to have one of my fellow coaches come in and say, oh man, they're doing that. Ah, you're right. You know, how am I missing that? Whatever. You know, but after 50,000 reps of seeing the same crap, you know, you kind of uh, sometimes you miss that. Yeah, not it becomes background. Yeah. You know, yeah. And uh, so it's good. I love having other coaches in. I love taking our lifters and visiting other coaches. And it's like I'm secure enough in that I know what the hell I'm doing that I don't think they're going to leave. You right. know, I'm going to help them and go further with it. Well, I think it makes you guys stronger in the long run, like yeah. you said, when they, they can bring back some trick. And you know what? You might actually incorporate that in some yeah. way. You know? Yeah, exactly. And it may help somebody else, too, in the future. So, And that's the part of, like, we went to always learning, you know, yeah. always trying to learn more. But yeah. so. Okay. Well, uh, I guess a little bit shorter today, but we've had some longer episodes in the past weeks, so... Uh, yeah, I, you know what makes it worth it. I think that's a that's a pretty good discussion. That we cleaned up some news, and I guess we'll see everybody next time. Yeah, sounds good. Hey, listeners. Have you seen the store at ironradio.org? There are three halls in the store. One for Phil, one for Fortress, and one for myself, Dr. Lowry. And they're thematic. So you can go into our Halls of Iron store and choose based on your goal. If you need something to learn or read or something nutritional, you can look in my store. 
uh, Lonnie's store. If you want something about injury prevention uh, or competition, then take a look at Phil's Hall of Iron. And if you want something about motivation or daily training, Fortress's Hall has what you're looking for. There are some fun, heroic descriptors uh, as you browse through the stores. We try to make it a little more fun than the average boring online store. And whether you're a novice lifter or someone more experienced, you can take heart that you're not wasting your time. The things that we put in each hall of iron are actually based on our own recommendations. Protein powders that we know to be good, uh, knee sleeves, wraps of some kind, things that Fortress uses in his own training. Uh, the stuff you, you see, you know is good. This way you don't waste time. So check out the Iron Radio store at ironradio.org and um, let us know what you think on the forums and certainly you can request products and we will uh, screen them before they go in. So thanks for listening. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding, um, please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org uh, store. Uh, we also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. The Iron Radio podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.